When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. A lot of Mets in that first hour. A lot of Mets, as you would expect. And we got a poll question up on the old Twitter account, which you can find at Dan Grasa, G-R-A-C-A. We posed the question to Anthony DeComo. Posed the question on social media. If the Mets lose to the Padres, can you still consider this a successful season? And right now... Well over 200 people have cast their votes. I mean, we are reaching the people. You talk about civic duty. They are rocking the vote. 82% have said no, it's not a successful season, as opposed to 18 that say yes. And you know what? I fall in the majority, to be quite honest with you. I don't think it's successful if you lose in this first round. And Jacob, you feel exactly the same way, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know. Jacob's a big Met fan, and, and, and he will tell you. It's not a successful season. Not at all. I mean, I didn't like the way we stumbled out that last month. Uh, I even told you seeing DeGrom and Scherzer get rocked back-to-back games did not make me feel confident at all. Um, no. And our calling card was, uh, well, we got these two uh, elite ace pitchers, and, I mean, it's questionable right now whether we have uh, one healthy elite pitcher. Can you imagine? T- I-, I mean, look, if you're a Mets fan, you've seen it all, right? You, you, you know disappointment. Can you imagine if Scherzer goes out there tomorrow and just can't get the job done again? Or not, or not only that, just gives you a performance. Well, it's not getting the job done. But what if he goes out there and pitches like he did against Atlanta? Gives up a couple that leaves the yard. Offense can't get on track. And they lose a 4-2 to two game. Still going to feel good? <sighs> I don't. How know. can you? I don't know if you really could. I mean, because I've seen the Mets, you know, come back in a couple games this season. But I haven't seen a lot of that lately to, you know, make me feel confident. Not only that, when they have uh, put up big runs, they put it up early. So, And I'm not even going to go in on this now. I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to allow myself to get aggravated or try to just, you know, throw another log on the fire. I'll save this for Monday if it indeed comes to this. All I'm saying is they're going to wear those black jerseys tomorrow. If they spit the bit tomorrow with the black jerseys, I'll have a few choice words on Monday as to what they could do with them. I'll leave it at that. 800-919-3776. That's the telephone number. Oh, by the way, before we get to the phones, remember, tomorrow I'm in for Greeny, 10 a.m. to noon, local vehicle. So we're not going to have our normal Football Friday show for you tomorrow night. We'll sprinkle in a Football Friday feel tomorrow morning starting at 10, which we're looking forward to here. Lonnie in Harlem, our pal, is up next to start hour number two. Lonnie, how are things? What's going on, Dan? What's going on, Harvey? What's going on, Jacob, my guy? Lonnie. Uh, Dan, listen, um, it was going on. I, I, I had to call in because, you know, you got this poll up and, you know, I listened and all of that. And I was just sure. like, listen, I think I think Dan is trying to start a riot before the, the series even starts. <laughs> no! Oh, you know, come on. Why would you say that? Come on. If you, if, if you yourself, Dan, as I told Harvey when I called in, like, did you hear yourself in that first segment the other day? Like, 
my ears was on fire because I felt the the flames coming out of the speakers. Like I was like, "Yo, Dan is he's on a mission today." Like, the, and I understood what you was. That was from that was after they got man. swept, right? That was that was, that was the first yeah. show after they got swept, right? It that was straight smoke, Dan. Straight smoke. Yeah. So like. I mean, and I can understand you being a Mets fan, and all y'all needed to win was one game. It's just I can understand that being frustrating. So I, I heard where you know I understood and heard where you was coming coming from, but like to have this pull up now and to like to think you yourself will put that up and like I, I can only imagine what your reaction would be, what Don's reaction would be, what Dave and Rick's reaction would be, what Larry's reaction would be, Jacob's reaction would be. Like if you went that hard because of what happened and. You know, it was big what the game, you know, what the game entailed. Like, yeah, y'all only need a one out of three. But so imagine if y'all lose before, like, a football Sunday, it only gonna, it's only going to take two. And I think it's, like, Friday and Saturday, right? That's when the games are lined up. Friday so, like, and Saturday, yep. Y'all could, be out, y'all could be out before the weekend. And I can only imagine if you was like that, how, like, people in the company, my people, shout out to the company, of course. Company. Like, how the Mets fans in the company, how the Mets fans in the company would feel like, you know, we have our own chats, you know, and the things that they say, like, like I said, I'm pretty sure a lot of people, like a lot of Mets fans are in that, here we go, same old Mets mode, but I, I, me being a Yankees fan, feel like y- y'all should be wanting more. Like, after this season, it was a good season, so y'all should want more. So, Lonnie, you got, so, you got to want more. You got to, uh, dude, yeah, 101, 101 wins. And if you bow out in the first history, round, right? what's that? That was the first time in team history, correct? No, it was – It's well, the only team in the regular okay. season that's won more than that was the 86 Mets. They won 108. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Well, okay. So, yeah. So, if you win that many games, then, you know, listen, it's unfortunate that you're a wild card and all of that, but you deserve more. And I, I don't want to see the Mets crumble, like, even me being a Yankees fan. Like, I want the city to thrive. So, if we could get a, you know – Another uh, another two thousand. Hey, let's get it. Let's go. But hey, Dan, I'm gonna leave it up to you. Um, let you guys do what you do. I've done, I've done what I came to done. Lonnie, be good, my friend. I appreciate the phone call. Hundred one wins. You can't go out in the first round. You can't. You can't. Think about that. A hundred and one wins. And I just got done saying at the beginning of the show, it means nothing now. When those two teams take the field tomorrow night, and for everybody that's going to be out there. 101 wins means they should not even show the records. The records need not apply. You know what the only records are? Mets are 0-0, Padres are 0-0. That is it. And when the Yankees take the field on Tuesday, when they begin their postseason journey, 0-0. Everything you did during – Aaron Judge hasn't hit a home run as far as I'm concerned. When he steps into that batter's box to lead off the bottom of the first on Tuesday night, Aaron Judge hasn't hit a home run yet this year. He might as well be Felix Mion. You know? Or Terrence Gore. No power whatsoever. Now is what you were judged on. Oh, could you imagine? You know, Lonnie's sitting there just like kind of setting the scene a little bit. Can you imagine if the Mets get swept, like if they lose Friday and Saturday? I am not going to be a happy camper at that Jet game on Sunday. I'll tell you that. And and we got the tailgate coming up, too. I'm going to have to show face. At th- oh, look, I'm a professional. I'm going to still do, I'm going to do my job because it's a huge Jet game, too. Huge. I'll say it again. Sunday, Jets-Dolphins, that's the biggest Jet game since the season finale of 2015. Hands down. You cannot tell me different. And I know they haven't had a lot of big games in the interim, but this is the biggest game since. They're expecting a fantastic crowd on Sunday. 
but it's going to sting a little bit. If I know my baseball season is over on, what would that date be? October the 9th, after 101 wins. That would sting. It really, uh, to a Padre team that, as I said, has, has won nothing, their managers won nothing, and then they come all the way across the country in cold weather, and they're going to send you home early? That'd be a tough pill to swallow. Very tough. And if that happens, oh my gosh. If that happens on Monday, you, you guys are going to want to be here at 7.02 on Monday night. That's all I got to tell you. And then if the Jets don't win, my gosh. They might have to have me committed. You thought that was bad the, the Monday after they got swept by the Braves this past Monday? That's nothing. That is nothing compared to what you're going to get coming up on Monday. I got to see what I could come up with. Somehow, some way, I ended up on Timmy Trumpet and Elton John in the same sentence last Monday. I don't know what I'm going to be able to spew out this week if this team gets swept. Speaking of that tailgate, by the way, join ESPN New York at the Ultimate Jets tailgate located in Lot G before the Jets take on Miami with all your favorite 98.7 ESPN hosts. We'll have tailgate games, prize giveaways, and live music from Randy Zoo. The Ultimate ESPN New York Jets tailgate is brought to you by Guinness, Pepsi, and 98.7 ESPN. Like I said, I was out there today doing the uh, interviews and stuff for, for Sunday. There's going to be a big crowd at this game. They have sold a ton of tickets. They are expecting as big a crowd for this game on Sunday as they've had in probably three years. So I've been told. And that's good. Division game, rivalry game, home game coming off of a win. Should pack the place. Richard in Manhattan, he is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Richard, good evening. How are you? Hi, Dan. You know, San Diego's one of three Major League Baseball teams that had a better away record than home record. So that's not too good. Did they have a better uh, yeah, By yeah. one game. Yeah, a couple games, I think. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if, the, if the Mets go, let's say the ideal thing happens. They, play, they win with Scherzer, they win with Bassett. So then they start the Grom in game one against the Dodgers. Richard, then, real quick, let me stop you for one second because yeah. I mean, you reminded me of something, and it's a yeah. bad job by me because I wanted to bring this up once it yeah. finally became the Padres. You know what else the Padres are? San Diego, out of all the teams that qualified for the playoffs this year, San Diego has the worst record against teams with winning records, if that makes any sense. Oh, well, that's something good. So that's good in our favor. All right. So the Mets, ideally, if Scherzer and Bassett beat San Diego, so they go game one with DeGrom. Who comes in game two? Scherzer comes back in game two against the Dodgers and Bassett in game three? That would be Wednesday night would be game two. So let's see. Tomorrow's Friday. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Yeah, I would say probably Wednesday night. Yeah. So it would go DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett. DeGrom in game five. So game four would be who? Carrasco? Taiwan. I think it would be Taiwan. Walker. Yeah. Okay. Because so here's what the, the game that's going to be. Here, you, know why, you know why, Richard? I'll tell you yeah. what their plan is, I think. Now, you've you got to take care of business this weekend before you worry about the Dodgers. Yeah, well, we're just but, talking. This is sports radio. We're just talking about, you know. How no, of course. Talking. No, that's no, right. but what their, what their plan is. I think fascinating, too. Managing well, be, along with the pitching coach. And the that's man, the thing. I think this is great. And you're going to have cross-country flights, too, because think about that. You have, if the schedule plays out, I think it's something like uh, Tuesday, Wednesday in L.A., 
then an off day on Thursday, Friday, Saturday at City Field, then no off day, game five back in L.A. for Sunday. How about that? Okay. Uh, you know, Dan, I was just thinking, 50 years ago, exactly, 50 years ago, what killed the Mets season, a hitter just as good as Mark Tate got hurt, and we weren't the same. That's why we didn't get to the World Series. And we had a great team that year. But this guy got hurt, and we weren't the same. Do you know who that hitter was? 1972? 72. Great hitter. One of the best in baseball. Not in the Hall of Fame. Rusty Stop. Oh, Rusty, yeah. Yeah, that was it. And I'll say one other thing. If Mm -hmm. we lose this series to San Diego, us Mets fans, you think we thought it was bad when we lost three states? three straight to Chicago, and then three straight to Atlanta. This will be worse than both of those sweeps. Oh, of course. This is this is the playoffs, oh. Richard. Thank you for the phone call. Pleasure Hang in there. Always. Hang in there. Absolutely. No, I mean, like, please, you're not even going to think about regular. This will be ten times worse. Ten times worse. You know, because there is an opportunity for redemption. And I know that it's so easy to automatically stuff it into this category that it was a quote-unquote collapse. It wasn't a collapse. We were just talking about that during the last break. Mets did not collapse, okay? The Braves caught them. And I know that you ordinarily would like to fend them off, but you won 101 games. It's not like the Mets, you know, were in first place all summer and then ended up in second with only 90 wins. They won 101 games. Think about that for a second. There were some really, really good Met teams, like the 88 Mets, That 88 Mets team easily could have won to a World Series, maybe should have went to a World Series, right? That team on paper, the 88 team, top to bottom, was more talented than the 86 team. They had McReynolds on that team. They had David Cohn on that team. And those guys weren't there in 86. But that 88 team didn't have the same heart and the same fight as the 86 team. And that team won 100 games during the regular season. They won, I think, 11 out of 12 against the Dodgers during the regular season. Back then, you actually played the Dodgers that many times. They won 11 out of 12 against the Dodgers head-to-head in the regular season. They played them in the playoffs, and the Dodgers beat them in seven, upset them. You know? So you have 100-win Met teams that didn't get a chance to pay off a great regular season, and that team won a division. This one, 101 wins. No division title, but you get a chance to redeem yourself now. Right? You get a chance for a do-over. And if they could get by the Padres, they get by the Dodgers, and wouldn't you sign up, if you're a Met fan right now, wouldn't you sign up for the opportunity to get another crack at the Atlanta Braves in the National League Championship Series to atone for what happened last weekend in Atlanta? Wipe the slate clean, play a best four out of seven, and then take your chances there. But don't overlook the Padres. And preferably win the first two games so I could go to the Meadowlands on Sunday and just focus on the Jets. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. We come back. We'll get into the football here in a little bit, but just wanted to touch on the Yankees briefly. I know the Yankees aren't a factor until Tuesday when they're back out there. Today was an off day for them. But Aaron Boone had his weekly spot on TMKS. Said a couple of interesting things we'll share with you in case you didn't get a chance to hear it. Then we'll get into the football stuff at 830. Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Thursday night football just underway. Colts and Broncos are scoreless. The reason I bring it up is because we're literally like minutes into the game and already a player has been taken out due to a concussion, which looked pretty bad. Naheem Hines running back for the Colts. Like, he was down. He tried to get up, and he, like, it just didn't look good, like, at all. And thankfully, there was a trainer there to help gather him. Scary, man. And we're going to have some comments to share with you a little bit later on, too, from Joe Burrow. Because once again, head injuries, concussions, that's at the forefront again in baseball, given what happened with Tua Tungavailoa. And he, of course, will not be playing on Sunday when the Dolphins come up to MetLife Stadium. It'll be our old pal Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Before we get back to the phones, real quick on the Yankees here. And the Yanks had a nice day off today. Um, you know, they're just chilling out. They'll have a workout tomorrow at the stadium. And they will await either Cleveland or Tampa Bay. That'll be on Tuesday in the American League Division Series. But I guess the intrigue, and it's something that we've been kind of throwing out there over the last couple of weeks as you get closer to this point, you know, who will get that game one nod as far as the Yankees are concerned? You know, Garrett Cole makes the most money, has the most postseason experience, but you know, has he really been the most deserving pitcher to pitch game one? Do you trust the Nestor Cortez a little bit more? I do, frankly. You know, Luis Severino threw a gem his last time out with the seven no-hit innings, but, you know, he's still maybe not 100% all the way back after missing all that time. So earlier today, Aaron Boone was on in his weekly spot with TMKS, sponsored by Robitussin, uh, and he was asked by the guys, who's going to be your game one starter? I would actually like to settle on it here over the next 24 hours and get it lined up. I mean, there's some thought of maybe waiting to see who our opponent is, but I would like to get these guys kind of knowing where they're doing. They can set up their sides and when we want to have them throw live, for example, this weekend. The good thing is I feel like with Garrett, Sevy, and Nestor, I feel really good about where those guys are at and how we can match up from a starting standpoint against really any team right now. So it's a little bit of a decision right now, but most Mostly, I'd look at it as that's a good decision to have. Good decision to have. There's a little bit of gamesmanship there, as we know, right? He's not going to give whoever the upcoming opponent is any sort of def- – I mean, look, the Mets aren't even telling you who their game two starter is, right? And that game is happening in 48 hours. Boone's game one still isn't until Tuesday, which is a heck of a lot longer. Why should he feel compelled to have to disclose that information? I mean, that's classified info. That's like government files type stuff. Which one of the three guys is it going to be? But good job by our friends. They didn't take no for an answer. And they persisted. 
And they told Booney, you know, you said Garrett Cole is your game one starter a couple of weeks ago. So what changed? Here was Boone's answer. Well, I mean, I, I think when I said it on there, it was kind of like, you know, is he your – yeah, he, yeah. But, you know, you guys always that, – that's why you get vague answers sometimes because you want to pin us down two weeks ahead of time, a month ahead of time. I mean, the the reality is is we got a ton of great choices now, and I feel like, you know, where Seve is, where Garrett is, where Nestor is, like – I feel good walking into a series, like I said earlier, about anyone. Um, you know, I, I think I know which way I want to go, but I, I, I want to at least, you know, kind of, you know, sleep on it a little bit, talk to different people. When I hear him say that they have a ton of good choices, I hear the football coach, right? I hear the football coach who tells you, well, we have two good quarterbacks. That means you don't have one. If you have a few good coaches, then that means, or I mean, if you have a few good choices, then maybe you really don't have a good one. And what he's trying to say, like when he was kind of like dancing around his previous answer with Garrett Cole, what he was saying was, is that, hey, man, yeah, that's what I said a couple of weeks ago, because I was hoping that Garrett Cole would not essentially be a glorified batting practice pitcher serving up all these home runs. But he hasn't changed his ways. Yeah, I know he struck out a lot of guys, but he still gives up too many damn home runs. And in the regular season, maybe you can live to see another day. But in the playoffs, you know what? That could come back to bite you. It could be on the golf course a hell of a lot sooner than maybe you anticipated. That's what that answer comes from. Look, if it's me, if I'm the one making the decision, Nestor Cortez is starting game number one. But I'm not the one. And I'm also not the one paying their salaries. And they could say that the money doesn't matter. And they could say that just because Cole is making $324 million that it's really not that big of an issue whether he pitches game one or game two. Or, it is an issue. Okay? It is an issue. Because God forbid, let's say Cole pitches game two, and not only that, he goes out there and struggles and is a home run machine, then it's just going to even intensify this story and this narrative even further. And that's the last thing that the Yankees want. Right. And how is it going to look come the offseason if Judge is going to go to the highest bidder, which is not the Yankees, and he's going to leave as a free agent. And then meantime, Yankee fans are going to be sitting here calling this show, calling the station, calling other shows and completely just voicing their frustration, saying, oh, the Yankees. Sure. They pay Garrett Cole three hundred twenty four million dollars and he's a stiff and can't get anybody out in a big spot. But they let Aaron Judge, who set the you know American League home run record, they let him walk to San Francisco to sign with the Giants. Right? You can see that coming. Christopher in the Bronx is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Chris, how are you? Dan, how you doing, buddy? Chris, things are well. What's going on? I am very excited about next week. I'm a huge Yankee fan, but i got to call you on one thing you said before. You know, you said yeah. the Mets didn't collapse. And on the season as a whole, you are completely right. 101 wins, great season, one of the best the Mets have ever had. But... Going into last week, when you got less than a week to go in the season, you go to Atlanta and you've got a lead, you've got the tiebreaker, and you got your rotation set, Scherzer, DeGrom, Bassett. You don't need to win three. You don't even need to win two. You need a game. And you get swept like that. That felt like a collapse watching that last weekend. Chris, I'll tell you what. Chris, I'll tell you what. If they don't make it out alive this weekend, they collapsed. How's that? Okay. 
How's that? That's very fair. I, I right on the money. I see, but like, but see, when I think co- when I think collapse, right? When I think collapse, I think oh seven, a seven yep. game lead with seventeen to play. And remember, back then you didn't have an extra wild card team. If they had an extra wild card team, Mets would have still made the playoffs in oh seven and had a chance to maybe redeem themselves. But they didn't. Phillies caught them for a division title. That's a collapse. This. Right now, not collapse, lose to the Padres, collapse with a capital C. I agree with you 100%. And just for the Yankees, I feel really good going into this series. And the reason is, you know, we all watched Judge carry this team on his very broad shoulders for what felt like two months. But in the last couple weeks, you know, Stanton hitting those home runs, Harrison Bader heating up. You got the kid Oswaldo Cabrera looking like he's really going to be an exciting player. I just like where this team is going into Tuesday, and I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I, it's tough to say, Chris, and thanks for the phone call. Um, I do think there's pressure on the Yankees. I, I, I think, obviously, they can't be a one-and-done team, even though it's technically the second round. I think they need to win at least the series. And I think that the matchups are intriguing. You know, Cleveland, what makes Cleveland dangerous to me is that they're the youngest team in baseball. They really don't have a lot of success collectively in the postseason, and they got a couple of guys who could pitch, and they got two guys at the back end of that bullpen in Karinchek and Emmanuel Classe. That's a pretty good 8-9, eighth and ninth inning, I mean. So they find ways to shorten the game. And remember that Cleveland team under Tito in 2016 that went to the World Series. And remember they had Andrew Miller coming out of that bullpen, and Tito would deploy him at any time, whether it was the fourth inning, the sixth inning, the seventh inning, and he would just let him go, and it would be conducive to him trying to get these matchups and whatnot. Unfortunately, that's what Tampa maybe has this year in the form of Tyler Glass now. Because Glass now is an all-star. Tyler Glass now has got Cy Young stuff. Like his stuff is that good. He had Tommy John surgery. He only made a few starts at the tail end of the season, but he's not stretched out like as a normal starting pitcher would be. Glasnow's going to come out of the bullpen for Kevin Cash. And Tampa Bay, they play the mix and match. Remember, they define bullpenning, right? And they play that mix and match game better than any team in the sport. Glasnow could be that Andrew Miller-type weapon in these playoffs. They could call on him at any time against the heart of the order, against the top. It doesn't matter. And that's why Tampa, to me, is scary. And Tampa's got a couple of starting pitchers, right? And Rasmussen and McClanahan, even Jeffrey Springs, the guy who was a converted reliever and now a starter. Those guys could give you some quality innings. I know the Yankees know them a little bit better, and they fared better against Tampa this year than maybe they have in years past. But both of these teams present like a unique challenge, I think, for whoever ends up at Yankee Stadium on Tuesday. That being said, I expect the Yankees to beat the both of them. And then it's going to get tricky, of course, if the Astros are waiting for you in the American League Championship Series. 800-919-3776. We'll take these Yankee calls when we return. We'll also get into the football. Jets, they're only playing their biggest game in years on Sunday when the Dolphins come calling. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage, to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. 3 nothing Broncos in our Thursday night game. That's midway through the first quarter. I know this is between a couple of teams whose offenses are just dreadful to watch so far this season, but if you think this is bad, boys and girls, I just took a peek. You know what the Thursday night game is next week? Washington and the Bears. Ugh. You know what that means? Next Thursday night's a good time to spend time with your, you know, friends and loved ones who maybe you need to get reacquainted with. Because you're not, well, no, actually, you know what? Thursday night, we got hockey. Rangers wild. Thursday night. You watch the Rangers. Although maybe there'll be some sort of baseball playoffs on. Might be Mets, might be Yankees. Although, let's see, Yankees Tuesday, Wednesday, there's probably an off day on Thursday, right? That'll be a travel day. But either way, there's going to be something on. The football game's going to be. Bing bong. No, not yet. Almost, Knicks. Almost. Two weeks. Two more weeks. Tommy Connecticut up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Tommy, how are you? Dan, thanks for mixing a little bit of hockey in there. I was actually watching uh, last night. What do, what do you think of uh, who's going to make the fourth line on the, on the Rangers? Tom, I'll be honest with you. I haven't watched a second of preseason hockey yet this year. Way too much preoccupied with the other stuff right now, but I'll be all into it by Tuesday night. Don't worry We're for our first game. Dude, I will say it is – as far as the four majors go, it's the best preseason, like, watchability. Oh, agree a thousand and one percent about hockey preseason. It, it was, it's been so enjoyable. I mean, I only watched a couple. But uh, what, I, what I really wanted to touch in on was, I mean, you've talked about it. I mean, I, I listen to you all the time. Yeah. The Yankees' bullpen is in shambles right now. Mm-hmm. It's a mess. I think that... I don't think that puts the pressure on the bullpen. I think that puts the pressure on the starters and on the lineup. Either the starters in, and Aaron Boone needs to trust his guys to go seven, eight deep each game. And depending on whether they go to a three-man rotation or to a four on their off days, these guys need to be available to throw an inning or two. If it's their throw day, it's, it's all hands on deck. Yep. It's the playoffs. You know what I mean? The thing with the here's the thing with the bullpen, and look, it, it is different. Try. Tommy, thank you for the phone call. Um, here's the thing: nowadays in baseball, it's it's different than the way it used to be. Like when we were kids and watched the postseason. Nowadays, there's no such thing as a starting pitcher, a relief pitcher. They're just pitchers, right? They are. I mean, they're just pitchers. Meaning, starters could come out of the bullpen. You can have relief pitchers who end up opening games. The managers, what they do is they put together a plan to find a way to piece together 27 outs. 
what's going to be the most effective way for me to get 27 outs and win this game? Now, unfortunately, the thing that I hate about it is that it's way too analytical driven. And it's come back to bite teams like the Do- like Dodgers. It's well documented. You know, they've been to the playoffs for how many straight years? Been deep in the playoffs how many years? All that stuff. Dodgers only have one World Series to show for it because I think there have been way too many times in the month of October over the years when they've had really good teams to where they rely too heavily on their analytics and Dave Roberts goes out there and manages games based on what the computer told him to do at 4 o'clock that afternoon. You know, discounting the human element altogether. Discounting all other potential factors that happen over the course of a game. Sometimes, not sometimes, all the time. Whether it's in football, whether it's in baseball, you have to manage or coach with your gut. The game is still played by human beings. I know that numbers and data are there as a nice resource, and that's supposed to help you make informed decisions, but sometimes that stuff gets blown up throughout the course of a game because things happen in a game that a computer does not take into account. So if you sit there and you carve up data-wise, okay, I'm going to pitch this guy for one, two, three and a half innings, but not past the third inning because God forbid. And then that second time through the batting order, God forbid, we're not going to be able to pitch him because data shows that historically through the season, once he faces the 11th batter of the game on, his stuff starts to weaken. Well, what if he's suddenly good that night? You never know. I could give you examples of some of the most pedestrian, mediocre pitchers in the history of the sport who go out there, and on one night in particular, it is the luckiest night of their lives, and they throw either a no-hitter, they throw a perfect game. You got Dave Malicki, game one of the, in, of the Subway Series in 1997, the first ever interleague game at Yankee Stadium. He'll never have a night like that and never had another night like that in his life, but that night he was on, and he pitched a complete game to beat the Yankees. But if this was the analytics world in 1997, you think Dave Malicki would have had a chance to finish that game that night? Probably not. Analytics would have told Bobby Valentine to get his ass out of there probably after five and two-thirds because the data would suggest that Dave Malicki doesn't have the you-know-what to go nine innings. That's what I hate about baseball and sports nowadays. I understand, like I said, the the data, the numbers, it's good as a resource, but it should not be the end-all, be-all when it comes to making these decisions. And in the playoffs, that's kind of what it's become. Like, you know, we talk about baseball and why it's declining in popularity, right? And maybe why they don't have as many fans as they should and how do you engage young people in it. Like, are we sitting here anymore, like, the day after a baseball game? Maybe not so much locally, but, like, even on a national level. Like, on the network. Are they going to open up the day after the baseball playoffs leading with the baseball? Probably not. They're probably going to open with, like, some, you know, rumored story or something that somebody said in an NFL press conference the day before. Right? Because that's the hot story. But, like, baseball, what attracts you? Like, what are, what are you, what's the talking point there? You know, even if you're just talking with your buddies, like water cooler conversation, with all this mixing and matching that we now see in October, which is supposed to be the pinnacle of the sport, the baseball playoffs, if you're having a, ma- a manager pitch a guy three innings, then bring in a reliever for one, and then another for one, for one, for one, for one, and all these changes, like nobody can wrap their mind around this. What happened to the days where the starting pitcher, the guys who make, oh, nowadays upwards of, let's say, 40 million plus a year, whatever happened to just giving him the ball and letting him take it pretty much throughout the night that's an attraction right starting pitchers those are names that's what draws people in not pedestrian middle relief pitchers 
that nobody knows who the hell they are. And then the next day when they sit there and have to talk about them and dissect what the hell they did the last night, they're not going to really have anything to stand on because nobody even saw these guys or knows much about them. Now, that's a macro-level discussion about baseball and where it is right now. But as far as we're concerned, that's probably how the Yankees are going to operate their bullpen because if you're asking me, if you're Aaron Boone, that's the only choice you have. How many guys do you really and truly have undying faith in out of that Yankee bullpen? Not too many. At least I sure as hell don't. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Remember, we got our poll question up there on uh, the old Twitter page, at Dan Grassa. If the Mets lose to the Padres, can you still consider this a successful season? Right now, overwhelmingly, the consensus says no. 82%. And don't expect that to change much, probably, uh, as we get closer to the end of this here show. So, Jets got a game on Sunday, and it's a big one, out at MetLife Stadium against the Dolphins, and... Talking with some of the guys that was out there today doing my weekly duties, and they understand the magnitude of it. You know, they know that they're 0-2 at home, and they haven't played two good games at home. And they know how important it is to win a division game and to, more importantly, just build off and get some momentum off of the Pittsburgh victory a week ago because ultimately that's how you turn the corner. you got to stack wins together. You can't just win a game and then lose a game. Win a game, it, that, that, that does you no good. Win consecutive games. I don't have to tell Jet fans how long it's been since this team thrived with some prosperity. It's been a long time. You know, how about winning division games? They've lost 12 straight division games. That, 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 that's almost impossible to do if you try. Right? Adam Gase was still the coach the last time this team won a division game. During his first season. I know he had two years, but it was his first year. And that was the last time they won a division game. you got to change that. Got to change that. And think about the opportunity you have in front of you. Because New England 
And it's coming true, folks. If you listen to me all throughout the summer, I told you that the New England Patriots had the weakest, least talented roster, top to bottom in the division. Did I not? It's playing itself out to be. And I don't want to hear about Mac Jones' injury and their quarterback injuries. That's not indicative of the rest of the roster, which has nobody. Jets have a chance. Jets could wake up Monday morning in second place. Think about that. If they could beat the Dolphins. And I don't even think that Tua not playing in the game has any real impact because there's some people that might think this Teddy Bridgewater is better operated to suit the, suit this offense than Tua Tungavailoa is. I don't see much of a drop-off. Teddy's a winning quarterback in this league. You know, Teddy's had more success in this league than Tua has. The strength of the Dolphins is with the playmakers. It's those guys going out there, getting the ball in space, and doing their thing. And what I was intrigued at more than anything, and I specifically went up to a bunch of defensive players today. You know, the likes of, I was talking to Sheldon Rankins and, and, and Michael Carter II. On that side of the ball, more about wrapping up than anything else. Because when you're facing guys, and, and Tyreek Hill is going to be the center of it here. When you're playing a guy that quick and that elusive and that shifty, I would think that as a defensive player, maybe I have to be a bit more disciplined in my approach from a tackling standpoint. Because instead of just trying to like lunge at a guy and bring him down, he's so elusive that he can just dart right underneath an arm tackle. And then all of a sudden, like, kick that car into the next gear and then, zoom, gone. And then it's off to the races. And the only thing that's going to stop him is the goalpost, right? So that was one of the things I was curious to find out about. And then the other part is, you know, you look at this offense. What is the second start for Zach Wilson going to be like? Everything came together in the fourth quarter last week. Okay, that's great. You don't want to live by the sword, die by the sword, and play with fire all the time like they did on Sunday because you're not going to always find a way to win those games. How do you get off to a faster start? And this offensive line, still some uncertainty there. You don't know how it's going to play out. You don't know who's going to be available, who's going to be able to play. You know, is Dwayne Brown going to be able to play left tackle? Don't know yet. And then what do you do with Elijah Vera Tucker? You sticking him back at right guard, his normal position, or you going to kick him out to right tackle? Which certainly is a possibility there. So there's a lot of ways that you could go about attacking this thing, but... They're expecting a huge crowd on Sunday. Place is going to be hopping. You know there's going to be some Dolphin fans in the building. There always are, right? There always are. But how do you combat that, right? You counter that by going out there and playing good football. And in front of your home fans, you want to establish some sort of an identity in your building. The old trick is, you know what? You go out there, you dominate at home, and then you kind of break even on the road. That's what they preach to teams, you know, you go 6-2 and two at home, you go 4-4 four and four on the road. That was when you were playing 16 games, but you get the gist. Then you're a 10-win team, and probably you're going to be playing in the playoffs. It's going to be interesting. It really and truly is. I think it's a winnable game, but we've said that before about this team. You know, we said that before just a couple of weeks ago. And then they went out there and they lost to Cincinnati. And it was another lackluster, ho-hum effort. You can't fall into that trap again because you're asking a lot from your fans. 
Those are good fans, loyal fans. You know, they've put up with this team through a lot of lean years. But you can't keep asking them to answer the call time and time again if you're not going to give them anything to cheer about, right? You know, everybody was excited. That was a great win last week at Pittsburgh, a place that you traditionally don't play well. And then you're going to come home and not play well again at home. Then the fans are going to be like, why do I keep coming out? Right? Why do I keep sacrificing an entire day, time, energy, money, all those things if I'm not going to get any satisfaction and enjoyment from this team? That's why it's so important to win this game. Or if you're not going to win it, go out there and play at least a good competitive 60 minutes. And if you come up short by a couple of points at the end, all right, so be it. But you gave it a good shot. Not just, you know, one of these nondescript games like you've had in the first two home games. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs>